This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's one of the biggest health problems our country faces, and Zoomers bear the biggest burden. I'm talking about influenza, the flu. Did you know that seniors account for 70% of influenza-related hospitalizations and 90% of total influenza-related deaths? On average, about 3,500 Canadians die and another 12,200 are hospitalized due to the flu, and that is the average every year. So who's at the greatest risk? Well, the very young and, as we said, Older people and people with chronic health conditions like asthma and heart disease. And most people don't realize that a bout of the flu can lead to a downward spiral and the loss of independence. So with flu season around the corner, we're tackling this important subject and we're taking your calls and your questions. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm here in studio with Andre Picard, the public health reporter and columnist at The Globe and Whale. Welcome, Andre. Hi. And on the line, we have Dr. Janet McElhaney, who is the Vice President of Research and Scientific Director at the Health Sciences North Research Institute in Sudbury. Hi, Dr. McElhaney. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, Dr. McElhaney, as I said, I don't think people realize the kind of downward spiral about of the flu can result in for people who are older. Can you fill us in, please? Yeah, sure. So you mentioned how... Um, you know, how often people are hospitalized with flu and understanding how many of those are older adults. What's not in those statistics is after the age of 65, what the actual impact can be of that hospital admission. We kind of, we think of hospitals as being places where we go and we get cured and we're discharged back home in the same way we were before we got sick. We have very good data now showing that an influenza um, hospitalization, people experience very high rates of uh, disability um, and to the point where they may come into hospital having been a very independent senior and go home and not be able to do things like bathe themselves after. This is a very serious uh, illness in older people. Okay, Andre, uh, you know, last year was a pretty moderate flu season. And uh, I think the vaccine was not a perfect match because every year the vaccines are a little different depending. So I'm wondering if people aren't saying, eh, last year was not a big deal. So why do I have to be bothered this year? 
Yeah, we tend to have short memories. And as you mentioned, uh, influenza is a moving target. So we never know from one year to the next how bad it's going to be. We have a little bit of a sense. Different uh, uh, strains affect different people. We know the H3N2 circulating. That one's particularly hard on seniors. Uh, H1N1 doesn't have a big impact on seniors, but more on younger people. So it depends what's circulating. So you can't, it's hard to predict in advance. They try to predict uh, to put the right strains in the, the vaccine, but there's often what they call drift. So it, it misses the mark a little bit. So yeah, there's all kinds of reasons that people can say, oh, you know, maybe it won't work. But the bottom line, I think, for the public is uh, it's better to have the vaccine than not have it. It's better to have some protection than none. Okay. And I think another thing that most of our listeners are probably not aware of, I mean, we know that certain things happen as you age, but so the immune system declines. Uh, What does that mean exactly, Dr. McElhaney? Well, everybody understands about antibodies and, and how that might protect you when you're vaccinated. But we actually have a whole other part of the immune system called the uh, T-cells. And these are the killer cells in the body that are like, they go in and they find the virus-infected cells that are little factories for viral replication. And they go in and kill those virus-infected cells to actually... Uh, clear the virus from the lungs. That's really important in preventing serious complications of uh, influenza. So vaccination is to re-stimulate that memory of those cells so they know what they're going out there to look for. Okay. Um, so what would you say to people who say, well, the, the, I mean, the vaccine does not work as well in older people as it does in younger people, right? So what, what do you say to older people saying so again? Uh, yeah. Why is it? Yeah, so we need um, more specifically designed vaccines to go in and target those parts of the immune system um, to be able to get a good protective response. Um, usually younger people maintain the health of those killer cells that I was just talking about. In older people, their function declines, but we, ha- we can, through vaccination, um, re-stimulate them. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's just a current, the current vaccines are not designed to specifically target those cells, and that's what we're really going after to improve effectiveness of these vaccines. But right now, with the current vaccines, they are cost-saving to the healthcare system because they prevent hospital admission. So people need to keep that in mind um, when they're hearing all the rumors of, you know, whether it does and doesn't work, um, the variability that was just mentioned from one year to the next. But these vaccines are effective and even more effective against preventing hospitalization. Um, So we're talking about hospitals, but there's also an issue if you have people uh, in long-term care homes, in nursing homes, Andre, uh, and uh, a lot of the people in nursing homes have some form of dementia. Uh, What could the impact be there? Well, the impact, it's a potentially very devastating because, as we know, the uh, people who have chronic illnesses are at greater risk. Uh, uh, people with dementia, they're one of the things that goes is your immune system, not just your memory. It affects the whole body eventually. So in Ontario, about more than 80% of nursing home residents of long-term care actually have dementia. So it's a very high-risk population. 
uh, if there's a single case of a flu in a nursing home, the whole thing shuts down. So there's other consequences to this. Aside from the health risk to the resident, which is very serious, uh, you have the whole issue of families. So families can't see their loved ones. There are, I've heard many tragic stories about, you know, people dying they're in their final days and the family can't go because it's too much of a risk. It could kill other people in the nursing home. So there's all these real social consequences beyond the, the, the medical consequences. So that's probably one of the areas that's the most dangerous is a long-term care. Uh, it's really important to have staff vaccinated, for example, uh, anyone who visits. Uh, children are sort of magnets for germs. Yeah. Uh, they love to see their grandparents, but they can really uh, put their lives at risk. So it's really important, I think, if you are around seniors, especially frail seniors, to, to have a vaccine. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I was talking about this earlier. One of the things that scares me is that you can't force healthcare workers to have the vaccine. Yeah, it really depends. There are different rules, uh, whether it's a unionized workplace, non-unionized. Uh, many nursing homes, uh, you have to sign a contract, and if you don't uh, get vaccinated, you're not going to get the job. But you can't do that in the public system. There are union rules. Uh, some unions, uh, particularly the nurses' union in BC, have taken kind of a bizarre stand on my about their rights, uh, you know, to not be vaccinated. And it's it's about something else. It's about feeling put upon at work, but it, this is the wrong hill to die on, is what I say about that issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you say something that, that really appeals to me, and, and what you're trying to say to people is, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for others? Yeah, that's my line tends to be, you know, do it for your granny. So a lot of people are healthy, they say, ah, I don't have to worry about the flu, they're wrong, because it can be devastating even to young people. But if you have this attitude that it's not going to hurt me, uh, you can still carry the flu and you can infect other people. Anybody with chronic illnesses, if you know anyone with uh, COPD or asthma, uh, who's had cancer, uh, children with compromised immune systems, there are many, many people who are at higher risk. And you put them at risk by, you know, just being loosey-goosey about this. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, listeners, we want to hear from you. We want to know, uh, are you planning to get a flu shot? Do you usually get a flu shot? Uh, if not, why don't you think it's important? Uh, do you have questions about what the possible consequences of a bout of the flu can be? Because again, I don't think that that people are completely aware of that. Uh, the numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with Andre Picard, who is a health reporter and columnist for the Globe and Mail, and Dr. Janet McElhaney. Dr. McElhaney, um, in, in addition to the medical conditions that we've been talking about, um, the flu can trigger heart attacks and strokes, is that right? Yeah, and so that's it's because the the virus stimulates such an inflammatory response in the body, and this is these are the mechanisms that we have for the body to basically attack foreign invaders like viruses, like bacteria. But as you get older, the one of the things that happens is is that you no longer are able to turn down that response as your body starts to, um, you know, be able to mount an attack at that virus. And so what happens is these inflammatory mediators go throughout the body. Um, They can cause things, as you mentioned, like heart attacks and strokes. We even know that it gets in the muscle 
and increases people's risk for falling and, bre- and breaking their hips. So it's really a pretty invasive um, thing that's happening. Wow, the, the falling too, because we, we know what a serious thing falling is for older people. Yeah. Um, yeah, the hip fracture outcomes are, are, are really devastating. Um, so the, that's, it's important to keep that in mind. Okay, let's go to the phones. We've got Joan in Toronto. Hello, Joan. Hi. How are you? Not bad. You're on the air. What's your question? Um, about my, when I was pregnant with one of my children, which was about 54 years ago, at that while time ago. the shot had come out. And I went because they advised all pregnant women to get it. And I got it, and I got violently ill for about four weeks. I didn't even get out of bed. Sweats and all flu-like symptoms. And I thought, oh, I won't get that again. And then about 20 years later, I thought, well, I might try it again. Maybe it was just, just came out, tried it again, and same thing happened to me. So now when anybody says to me, you're getting a flu shot? And I said, no, was sick twice with it. Could you tell me why, or was it just a coincidence that that happened? Yeah, so I, I can respond to that question, Joan. I, um, so what I would say is that we have, uh, we've set up um, clinics across Canada through the Influenza Research Network um, that where you can go and have these reactions to the vaccines um, reviewed because when we look at these things in detail, um, oftentimes it, it isn't the vaccine itself. It may be that you had a, a particular reaction to uh, some components of the vaccine. And so I would really urge you to get a referral to a specialist, either an allergist, immunologist, or an infectious diseases specialist, to actually look at what may have happened because. I, I get these stories all the time, and um, people often go out and get vaccinated um, and have no problems. One of the things that does happen in, in older people that I'm aware of is that, um, that we have a lot of respiratory viruses that circulate. They're not influenza, but they circulate around the time that we vaccinate people. Mm-hmm. And so when people go and get their, their vaccines, they're still at risk of getting these other viruses, and they often mistake that as the vaccine having given them the flu. Um, okay. We know that's not the case, but that could have been um, one of the um, re- reactions that you experienced. The one from 50 years ago, the, you know, the vaccines are not were not as purified as they are these days, so I'm not really sure if that's what you experienced um, compared to today's vaccines, but I think it's really worth having it looked into um, because it really sets you up for being at risk for, are you, if you don't take flu vaccine, are you going to take vaccines against pneumococcus, against um, uh, shingles? Vaccines against pneumonia, the, uh, like different things has never bothered me. That's the only one that never bothered me. Yeah, well, I would suggest that you have it looked into because I, I wouldn't imagine a reason other than uh, perhaps the uh, preservative, which you can easily get vaccines that don't have that in it mm-hmm. um, if you've had a reaction in the past. Okay, so how would I go about that? Um, you should just uh, talk to your doctor. 
the, okay. there, the different brands right on the labels will tell you whether there is something called cimerosol in it. Mm-hmm. And just get the ones without that in it. Okay. Okay, thank you so much okay. for your call, Joan. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, we have to take a quick break now. We're going to be back uh, with our guests, and they're going to answer more of your calls and questions about the flu. Before we go, the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740, and we will be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio. Welcome back. And we are here talking about the flu and the dangers of the flu, and we're taking your calls and questions. Uh, so we are going to get right to it. We've got Bane in Toronto. Hi, Bane. Hi. Um, there's two things. There are some people that the flu vaccine is going to help. There are a lot of people who it doesn't. I have an 88-year-old aunt who I don't believe ever had the flu in her life. And she, about eight years ago, she started getting the flu shot regularly. She lives in a, a senior's building. She began getting it regularly because they came to the building to give it to them. And every winter she had sniffles and she didn't feel so great when it was really cold and so forth. And I talked her out of doing it last year and she was fine all winter remember the cold winter too and she was fine i think there are some people that it helps people who are prone to sickness myself i've had the flu once in my life and i'm 50 uh and i've I never th- had a flu vaccine i think the doctors really want to respond to that uh, who wants to go first here andre or dr McElhaney? dr McElhaney. Sure. Um, so last year, it so happened that we had um, the, the H1N1 strain that was the predominant circulating strain, and actually didn't come through until very late in the year, around about March. And um, actually, older people are protected against that that type of influenza because they were exposed to it in childhood. So we saw very low influenza attack rates in older people last year. Um, but this winter, because it tends has tended to alternate between those strains and what's called H3N2, what we would predict for this year is that we've got H3N2 coming uh, through, and that's the one that has the biggest impact on older uh, people. Um, you know, clearly moving into a congregated setting for older people is going to expose uh, folks to all of the respiratory viruses that circulate, um, many of which we don't, in fact, flu's the only one we have a vaccine against. So I can't comment on, you know, last year other than the, the, the type of flu that went around versus why it may have been a, 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 a less of a problem a year in terms of these other viruses that circulate. Okay. But we do see that fluctuation. Okay, thanks. Uh, let's go to Joan in Burlington. I'm, I'm trying to get in a few calls before we have to go. Hello, Joan. Hi. I <clears throat> just wanted to comment. I first had my flu shot in 92. I've had it every year since. I have never had the flu since. I had laryngitis twice, 
And all that time, I doubt if I've had three colds. So I honestly got, I told all my kids, get the flu shot. Those who didn't get a flu shot on certain years, they came down pretty bad with it. So the next year, what happens? They get the flu shot. <laughs> and they're fine. So it's something I would highly recommend to everybody. My grandchildren get it. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's something, even when my husband was alive, he was getting it. And um, he never got the flu, the occasional cold, because he was getting on in years. But believe you me, it has to be, it has to be a lifesaver for a lot of people. Okay, Joan, thank you for that. I hope people are listening. I hope so, too. Okay, Rochelle in Toronto. Hello, Rochelle. Hi. Um, I have a compromised immune system. I have a low neutrophil count. Um, They don't know why. It's called chronic idiopathic neutropenia. And I was always under the impression, I think I was told, that I should not have any vaccines, pneumonia or shingles or flu. I avoid all of those because I thought it could trigger my getting those conditions. Is that true or not? Dr. McElhaney? I, yeah, I, that's, I, have, have you seen a hematologist for this condition? Um, no, I haven't. Yeah, so, I mean, I would be looking to um, so a, a specialist to actually advise you about vaccines um, mm-hmm. in, in this situation, because I can't think of a reason why you would not get vaccinated. In fact, I can think of every reason why you should. There's no, it's not a live vaccine. There's no live uh, No, it, that, sorry, I'm talking about just, the, so flu vaccine is a killed vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you so can't, you can't from, it can't infect you. It can't infect you? No. Okay, is a hematologist the person I should see or infectious diseases person, or who should I be seeing? The, one of this? those two, yeah. Okay. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, uh, let's try to get uh, one more call in. We have uh, Alan in Mississauga. Hello, Alan. Hi, how you doing today, Levy? Fine. I uh, see from my little screen here, you don't believe in the flu shot. No, I don't never believe in a flu shot, and I never will get a flu shot. If you know what they put in this flu shot, uh, one of the items is mercury. What? Now, how can mercury be good for you? Libby, I'm not going to be very long. I just want you to look up this site. I'm going to give you a site here, www.bewellbuds.com. And I want you to read up, uh, and they say kids should never get a flu shot. Okay, Alan, I, I'm just, uh, we're going to let you go, but I want you to listen to the response because I think uh, that your information is not accurate. Uh, so uh, thanks for your call, and I'm going to give our uh, guests a, a chance to uh, convince you. Uh, Andre. Yeah, so this notion that, oh, there's poison in there, there's mercury, there's a, uh, occasionally, not in every vaccine, but there's a preservative called thimerosal, which is mercury-based. It's a tiny, tiny amount. It's there to prevent other bacteria from getting in that will make you sick. So people used to often get sick from uh, uh, vaccines because of other things that snuck in there that were dirty. So that has a really useful function. It has absolutely no risk. There's a lot more mercury in your tuna sandwich than there will ever be in all the vaccines you get in your lifetime. So I think this whole notion is overblown. It's a conspiracy theory. Uh, It's important to get the vaccine. Otherwise, you're rolling the dice at getting the flu. Uh, The flu is much, much worse than anything the vaccine will ever do to you. Okay. Uh, We're going to take that as your uh, parting shot, Andre. And Dr. McElhaney, what is your parting Shot. Well, I just, this like is, um, people need to be accessing reliable information. You, anybody can put information up on a website, um, and it's not been vetted through anything. Uh, so, 
and and the the doctors that have been promoting this anti-vaccine movement have actually been sued. Uh, this is um, it's unconscionable um, to uh, that this happens. But that's the you know the day of the website. Um, you need to consult the experts before making decisions. I know, uh, and and it's unfortunate that when people believe this, it's it's very hard to um, get them to see another way. But we're trying to do that, and um, thank you both. Uh, that was a very informative segment, and uh, again, I wish everybody a healthy, flu-free winter. So uh, get your shot. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.